It's time for mystery. Mystery Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, the ringing of that phone bell brings you mystery, adventure. Nero Wolf's office, Archie Goodwin speaking. What? Oh, Fritz. Yeah, I thought it was the outside line. Yeah? Yes, thanks. I'll be right down, Fritz. Boss, Mr. Wolf, will you please hurry? You're well aware that it will avail you nothing to hurry me? Why is Mr. Ware be in such a rush today? But the car, it's downstairs waiting. Fritz is all ready. Let him wait. Isn't it enough that I've agreed against my better judgment... To leave the comforts of home to go rushing through the crashing traffic of the city? To a dinner, that should be an inducement. Fritz could have prepared a delicious dinner. He has truffles in the pantry. Well, why did you promise Arthur Merle? You didn't have to accept the invitation. Quite so. He's an old friend. Besides, he does set an excellent table. It's just that I don't like the traffic. Traffic? (laughs) I know why. It's that awful oxygen in the atmosphere outside. It's not the traffic. Archie, you're talking much too much. I know, boss. I'm impatient. Would you mind giving me some slight indication that you intend to move from that chair? Just as soon as I finish this beer. Sure you wouldn't care for half a dozen sandwiches before we go to dinner? If we were going anywhere other than to Arthur Merrill's, I'd agree with you. He's the only person in the world I know of, except myself, of course, who has a proper appreciation and respect for the art of preparing good food. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that renowned genius who is the bulkiest, balkiest, most ponderous, and most brilliant detective in the world. Yes, none other than that chair-borne mass of unpredictable intellect, Nero Wolfe. Created by Rex Stout and brought to you in a new series of adventures over this NBC network in the person of Mr. Sidney Greenstreet. usually refer to this story as the case of the final page. Under normal circumstances, the last page of a manuscript would be absolutely worthless unless you read all the preceding pages. But in this instance, the final page held the answer to a murder. Without that page, we couldn't arrive at the solution. Actually, we didn't even know the problem. Anyhow, I finally got Nero Wolf to the lobby of Arthur Merle's apartment building. Going up. Going up. Up, please. Are you going up, gentlemen? Are you, honey? Certainly. It's my job. Then so are we. After you, boss. When did they install women elevator operators in this building? I've been here for two years. Floor, please. Arthur Merle's apartment, I believe. It's 814. That's right. Are you Mr. Wolf? Uh, no. This is Mr. Wolf. I'm Archie Goodwin. Although the name Wolf would be much more appropriate for him than for me. How did you know he was Mr. Wolf? Mr. Merle came in half an hour ago. He mentioned that he was expecting you. You see, Archie, you rushed me unnecessarily. We practically preceded him here. And we'll probably have to wait interminably for dinner. I just hate to be late. Arthur Merrill has never been on time in his life. He's no more punctual than any other writer. He's never been known to meet a deadline on time. This is your floor, gentlemen. Arthur Merrill is just down the hall to the right, 814. Uh, Thank you. And uh, by the way, I want to compliment you on your congenial attitude, Miss. I'll speak to the management. Oh, thank you, sir. Decent of you. Uh, what's your name, huh? Women are usurping everything. Really cost to live here. Merle's really in the chips. 
Every book he writes sells a million copies. Remember the last time we had dinner with Arthur Morrow? I do. Delicious. Mountain quail. Shot them himself. Yeah, he's quite a marksman. Archie, such proficiency as Arthur Merrill displayed in hunting is evidence of a wasted life. Sure, he probably never made over $500,000 a year in his whole life. Well, ring again. Don't just stand there. Surely he's expecting us. The elevator operator said he was? Yeah, she seemed quite well informed. If I were a judge of women, which I'm not, I'd say she has a line on every male in the building. She can get a line on me anytime she wants. Archie, your insatiable interest in the female seems sometimes to border on the psychopathic. You know a more pleasant way to go crazy? Phooey. It's strange there's a light on in there. I can see it under the door. Shall I try the door? Do so, Archie. Thank you. Mm, unlocked. Well, at least we can get in. He may be in the bedroom. Probably in the kitchen. I'll just sit here. <sighs> I must forgo the comforts of my own home. I certainly intend to avail myself of the comforts of Arthur Merle's. Hmm. Very much over-decorated. You wouldn't like heaven unless they had orchids and beer. Hmm. Not a chair in the place worthy of the name. Well, I'll try that divan while you have a look around. For what? Arthur Merle, of course. Suppose you have a look in the study. Maybe writing. Have a look, my boy. I am exhausted and thirsty. See if he has any... Boss! Vi- Boss! Good heavens, Archie. Don't shout. Uh, I'm coming. It's Arthur Merle. Look. Slumped over his desk. A knife in his back. Yeah. He's quite dead. You haven't touched anything? Certainly not. I've been around long enough to know that. Well, you just call Inspector Kramer at homicide. How long do you think he's been dead? I'd say a half hour. From all appearances, yes. And perhaps only ten minutes. I can't understand it. Why would anyone want to kill Arthur Merle? Everybody liked him. Nice man I'd expect such a thing to happen to. The answer is probably a considerable distance from the question, Archie. Inspector Kramer, homicide. Archie Goodwin, Inspector. Just a minute, Nero Wolf wants to speak to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Here you are, boss. Hello, Inspector. Yes? What is it this time, Wolf? Find a dead body under Grant's tomb? (laughs) I'm sorry you'll forgive any apparent failure to find humor in your little witticism. But I'm at Arthur Merle's apartment. I suggest you come here at once. Seems that Arthur finally met a deadline. So, you just walked in here and found Merle dead, huh? We were invited here for dinner. Hmm. Anyone else around when you got here? No. You see anyone, Goodwin? Only the elevator operator who brought us up. Well, Mr. Wolf, since you were in on the ground floor, maybe you've got some ideas. Sorry, Inspector. Had I been able to solve the crime so soon, I would have advised you, Inspector. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's obviously murder. Obviously. You knew him well? Quite well. Ever know of his being in any trouble? No. Everybody liked him. Arthur Merle, I felt, didn't have an enemy in the world. Is that so? I don't think anybody pulled this as a little friendly gesture. Don't jump to conclusions, Inspector. That this murder was committed necessarily by an enemy of Merle's. Meaning? 
It could have been an absolute stranger. A woman? Or a burglar, or a madman, or a crank, or... As far as we know, it could have been anybody in the city, Inspector. Arthur's been dead nearly an hour. And an hour ago, I was in my own home, sitting comfortably in my own big easy chair, drinking a delectable glass of beer. Someone at the door, aren't you? Yeah, just a minute. I'll answer that. Mr. Merle? No. Uh, well, is Mr. Merle here? Yes, he's here. But he's not seeing anyone. Well, he's expecting me. I'm from the Serve Right Catering Company. We're ready to serve for four here tonight. The dinner has been canceled. Oh, but it's been ordered. Breast of guinea hen, cooked in wine and cloves, delicious. It's prepared and waiting. I'm afraid that I must insist on seeing Mr. Merle. Mr. Merle has been murdered. Well, I'm afraid I must... Uh, murdered? Well, oh, my goodness, but... Well, in that case, I... Yes, good evening. Don't you think you might have taken a bit more time with the fellow inspector? Why? You might at least have let him serve the dinner. Guinea hen, wine, and clove sounded positively delectable. Look, I've had dinner. I'm afraid you're too busy, inspector. So busy that you've just passed up an extremely interesting bit of information. What are you talking about, Wolf? He said he was to serve dinner for four. Well? Arthur Merle, Archie, and myself are only three. Well, who else was supposed to be here? A fourth guest who either hasn't arrived yet or who arrived earlier and left. Oh, I see what you mean, Wolf. Good. In that case, I'll leave you to pursue your deductions from that premise. Archie, will you please stay with the inspector and be of any help that you can? As for myself, I'm going back to my own home, which I should never have left in the first place. <laughs> Okay, that finishes the apartment search, Goodwin. And what have we? Nothing. Except that Merle had over $300 in his pocket, and he was wearing a ring worth a couple of thousand, so it couldn't have been robbery. And I don't think it was premeditated murder. Why not? The weapon. Obviously, if someone had planned on killing Merle, he'd have prepared it better. Used a better weapon than a blunt paper knife. No, as I see it, someone was here before you and Wolf arrived, and for some reason that person found it necessary to kill Merle, and he did it on the spur of the moment. I'm listening. Well, it's obvious. Merle was slumped over his typewriter. The sheet of paper was in it. He'd been working. May I see it? Yeah. Starbreaker. Strange title. Page 189. He was getting well along with his latest mystery. Apparently. Gregory Thorne slipped the paper into his pocket. It was just an ordinary piece of paper, but Gregory knew its value. Used properly, as Greg knew how to use it, it would be worth $100,000. He walked away briskly, and as he... That's all. Yeah, that's all. Must have been writing. You no, know, I'd it... like to read the rest of it. We didn't find any more of it. Any other ideas? No, at the moment we seem to be right where the murderer himself left off. Oh, what is this, open house? Sorry to be so... Oh. Oh, what? I was... I mean, I expected to see Mr. Merle. Is he here? Well, who are you? Cynthia Roberts. He expecting you? Well, no. That is... Uh, come on in, Miss Roberts. Thank you. Maybe the young lady is trying to say that he didn't have to expect her. Maybe she felt free to call without advance notice, Inspector. Inspector? Uh, what did you want to see Mr. Merle about? I... Well, I'm his fiance. Oh. Had dinner yet, Miss Roberts? Why, yes, I had dinner earlier. Uh, when were I... you last here, Miss Roberts? Last night, after the theater. Arthur and I were... What's the matter? Is something wrong? I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Miss Roberts, but Arthur Merle was murdered. Mm. 
And you say you hadn't talked to Mr. Merle all evening. Is that right, Miss Roberts? Yes, that's right. You didn't have a date with him tonight? Oh, no. Then why did you come here? I told you we were engaged. I just came by, that's all. I see. Any more questions, Inspector? Yeah, none for the present. How about you, Goodwin? Nope. But maybe Wolf. Let me call him. Yes, I guess under the circumstances, we can't very well leave him out. Go ahead. Oh, Arthur, I just can't believe it. Why would anyone want to kill him? That, Miss Roberts, is a question we'd all like to know the answer to. Yeah, Wolf speaking. Archie, boss, I'm still at Merle's. We haven't found out anything new except that Arthur's fiance dropped in a few minutes ago. Did she know anything of interest? I don't think so. What does the inspector plan to do about it? Just a minute. He wants to know what you're going to do with her. Well, hold her, of course. He's going to hold her. Let me speak to him. Okay. He wants to talk to you, Inspector. All right. Hello. Inspector, I suggest you let the young lady go. Are you crazy? I haven't got enough suspects in this deal to be letting the hottest one go free. You can't consider her a suspect simply because she knew Arthur. Now, see here, Wolf. If you go around arresting people at random, you'll suddenly be tipping your hand to the real murderer, admitting that you don't have a real clue to go on. And just what do you suggest? Find a motive, Inspector. Find a motive. Then, if you stumble on a suspect, you'll have some basis for making an arrest. At the moment, I suggest that you let the girl go and tell Archie to stop wasting his time down there and come home at once. So that's the story, boss. We went over that place with a fine-tooth comb. Nothing. There's not a single suspect. The last person to see Arthur alive was the elevator girl. Correction, Archie. The last person to see Arthur Merle alive was the person who ended his life. Well, I just can't imagine that pretty little elevator gal. You don't solve crimes by imagination, Archie. Then there's Cynthia Roberts, his fiance. You suspect her? Not exactly, but just suppose she did have a motive. Maybe he threw her over. Wouldn't it have been very clever of her to come back to Arthur's apartment after the police arrived, allegedly looking for it? I thought you were the admirer of the fair to six, Archie. So far, the best you can do is practically accuse the elevator girl and Arthur's fiancée of murder. Well, who else is there? Certainly the fellow who came with the food doesn't count. I repeat, who else is there? The entire population of the city, Archie. Thanks. Well, that's all I get. Oh, well, there was something else. What? This. Page 189 of what appears to be Arthur's latest novel. It was in his typewriter. As you can see, just started the page. Hmm, Starbreaker. Hmm. Very interesting. What's the rest of it? That's all we found. What? And there was something missing. Archie. Yes, boss? First thing tomorrow morning, get the address of Mr. Morton, who publishes Arthur's books. Then get over to see him right away. Yes, may I help you? I'd like to see Mr. Morton. Uh, did you have an appointment? Tell him I'm from Homicide. Uh, Hol- oh, yes, sir. Yes? Uh, Mr. Morton, I know you have someone with you, but uh, there's a gentleman here from the Homicide Bureau. He wants to see you. Tell him I work for Nero Wolf. My name's Goodwin. His name is Goodwin. Send him in. Yes, thank you. You may go right in, sir. The large door to your right. Thanks. Come in, Mr. Goodwin. Come in. I understand you're from Homicide. Not exactly. I'm Nero Wolfe's assistant. We're working with Inspector Kramer. And what can I do for you? You've heard about Arthur Merle. 
Yes, I received the word when I came in this morning. It was a great shock. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Goodwin. This gentleman is Henry Childs. How do you do, Mr. Childs? Glad to meet you, Mr. Goodwin. You're with Nero Wolf? I'm his, well, his assistant man Friday. Mr. And... Childs is a publicity agent. He handled all publicity for Arthur Merle. I've not only lost an excellent client, but a very good friend. Did you know Mr. Merle? Yes, I'd met him a number of times with Mr. Wolf. Yes, indeed. Arthur Merle was a great writer and a fine citizen. He'll be missed by millions. Mr. Goodwin, when was the murder discovered? Last night, shortly before dinner. Well, what are the police... I mean, what do you think the motive was? Don't know as yet, Mr. Charles. A little early for that. Well, it's certainly a shame. I, uh... I wanted to ask you a few questions, Mr. Morton, privately. I hope you don't mind, Mr. Charles. Oh, no, no, not at all. I was about to leave. I'll run along now, Mr. Morton. Uh, see you again soon, Mr. Charles. Good morning, gentlemen. Well, Mr. Goodwin? You did a lot of business with Mr. Merle, Mr. Morton? I published every one of his novels for the past eight years. And you intended to publish his new one, the one he was working on? Yes, we had a contract. The usual agreement between you. Naturally. Although I didn't know the story, I was always sure that if Arthur wrote it, it was good. Mr. Merle's name on a novel was a guarantee that it would sell a million copies. You don't know what this last one was about. Haven't the faintest idea. We relied completely on Arthur's judgment. Not even any carbon copies, huh? Not that I know of. Why? When Mr. Merle was killed, the only thing missing from his apartment was the novel. The novel? The first 188 pages. All we found of it were a few lines of page 189 in his typewriter. He must have been working on it when the murderer stabbed him. The rest of it's gone. You mean, Goodwin, the, the novel's gone? Oh, this will cost me a million dollars. Well, it cost Arthur Merle his life. Arthur Merle dead and his novel gone. I can hardly believe it. Well, thank you, Mr. Morton. Oh, I hope I've been of some help, although I I'm don't sorry quite... you haven't. But we may call on you again. Before it's over, you may be a great help. Nero Wolf speaking. Archie, boss. I just finished with Morton. He doesn't know a thing. Merle never discussed his stories with anyone, and as far as Morton knows, he never made carbons. I see. Where do I go from here, boss? See Cynthia Roberts. Oh, then you haven't dismissed the possibility that she may have had something to do with it. Being his fiancée, she probably knows more about Arthur than anyone else. She may know who the fourth guest was to have been last night, and she also may know what Merle's novel was about. I personally don't give a hang what the novel was about. What I want to find out is someone who does know the story. Because I have a hunch that whoever knows that is the person who killed Arthur Merle. Miss Roberts, I know you want to help us find out who killed Arthur. Oh, yes, of course. I'll do anything. Nero Wolfe and I were invited to have dinner with Arthur Merle last night. Well, I knew he was having friends in for dinner, but I didn't know who they were. Oh, I'm sorry. I hoped you'd know whom he invited. No, he didn't tell me. Miss Roberts, we have reason to believe that there was to have been a fourth person there last night. Uh, a fourth? The caterer came to deliver dinner for four. Now, the fourth party never did show up, or else came earlier and left after Arthur was killed. You mean someone Arthur invited to dinner might have killed him? Maybe. Oh, there's no one that I can think of who bore any ill will toward Arthur. We're convinced I... that this was done on the spur of the moment. Unpremeditated murder. Arthur Merle suddenly became a threat to someone. Now we've got to find out what the threat was and who was threatened. We'd hoped you could help. I'm sorry. Did he ever discuss his new novel with you? Oh, no. He never talked about his stories until he'd finished them. So his latest mystery contains the answer to an even greater mystery. Unless we find the first, they'll both go unanswered. 
Mr. Morton? Yes? Nero Wolf speaking. Oh, yes. Your man Goodwin was here to see me. I presume you are interested in seeing Merle's murderer brought to justice? Certainly. Arthur was a close friend of mine. And his death cost you a best sir, I know. Now, would you be willing to help a bit? I've prepared a statement for the papers. I want you to call the literary editors first thing in the morning. Here's what I want you to tell them. Got a pencil and paper? Yes. And take this down. Quote, Mr. Carlton Morton announced today that the last work of the late Arthur Merle will be published according to schedule. Fortunately, it was Mr. Merle's custom to furnish his publishers with carbon copies of each day's work, consequently with the major portion of his... Boss! Boss! Good heaven, Archie. Please don't be so loud. Look here. In this morning's paper, why, that rat, he lied to me, that... that... What on earth are you talking about? That publisher, Morton, he said he didn't have copies of Merle's manuscript, that he didn't know what it was about. And And listen to this. Mr. Carlton Morton announced today that the last work of the late Arthur Merle will be published according to schedule. Fortunately, it was Mr. Merle's custom to furnish his publisher with carbon copies of each day's work. Consequently, with a major portion of his latest work, Starbreaker, in the hands of his publisher, together with a complete synopsis, including the denouement, it will be possible for a ghostwriter to complete the novel. It will be published posthumously in proceeds with... Boss, did you hear that? I did, and it couldn't have been more to my liking if I'd written it myself. Now, excuse me. I want to make a telephone call. Who? Publisher Morton. Yeah, I'm beginning to see. He lied about the whole thing. I still don't see why he'd kill Merle, but on... Hello, Mr. Morton. This is Nero Wolf. Yes, perfect. Now I'll call Kramer, and he and Archie will be waiting for you. Remember now, if anything comes of it, you are to say the manuscript is in the safe in your home. And you steer the party here. Say you've recently rented this place. I hope we'll be seeing you. Yes. Goodbye. Oh, and be careful. Remember what happened to Arthur. The manuscript is in my desk in the middle drawer. What the... You mean... Archie, look out of that window. Huh? Yeah? Out there is a city of some five million people. In that five million, there is one who murdered Arthur Merle. Now, we don't know who it is, so we can't go out and put a finger on him. But, Archie, since we can't go to him, we have only one other choice, make him come to us. Will you tell me why we're sitting here in the dark in Wolf's office? Yes, Inspector Kramer, Mr. Wolf promised us a caller. Mr. Morton is to pretend that he's rented this place recently. Well, who's the caller? Can't tell you until he or she gets here. You seem certain he'll come. I'm quite certain. I'm just hopeful. You trying to tell me that Morton killed Merle? You're almost as dense as Archie was. No, Morton didn't do it. Unless Mr. Wolf is very wrong, which is doubtful, before the night is over, Morton will know who did. Then it won't be long until we know, too. Now, you should get on a quiz program. You're so good at guessing games. Shh. Listen, huh? Yeah, someone's coming. A brilliant deduction, my dear Kramer. I hope there are two of them. Inspector, behind these drapes. Quick, I'll get behind the screen. 
All right, Mr. Morton. So far, you've been very cooperative. Just keep it up. I have no intention of doing otherwise. Your gun has me completely convinced, Mr. Childs. Get the manuscript. Yes, just a moment. It's in my desk. Wait a minute. I thought you said it was in the safe. A mistake, Mr. Childs. I don't have a safe. Shall I get the manuscript? Yes, but no tricks. You be careful. I'm being exceedingly careful, Mr. Childs. There you are. Starbreaker by Arthur Merle. Yes, this is it. Thank you, Mr. Morton. Now, I trust that's all you want of me. I'm sorry. I wish that were true. Unfortunately, you see, it's not the actual novel that I want. Oh? My interest in this copy is the same as it was in the original. And that is? That no one should ever learn the content. I take it you know what it's about, then? Yes. You see, Mr. Merle made the mistake of telling me when I called a bit early at his apartment for dinner last evening. I was forced to deprive him of his life once I learned the storyline of this novel. This story must be kept secret. Why? Most of you people in the publishing business know me as a public relations and publicity agent for several prominent writers. Yes? Actually, I've been as successful as I might in this business. Because a few years ago, I stumbled onto a very neat and foolproof method of blackmail. Unfortunately, Arthur Merle thought of the same thing and based this story on it. If it got out, I'd be exposed and sent to prison. So you can see why I had to stop it, why I had to kill Arthur and why... Now I'll have to kill you, too. Oh, child, for heaven's sake. The contents of these pages condemn me. You know what's in them. Further, I've confessed to murder to you. You don't think I could let you live after that, do you? Child, you're insane. I'm sorry that I must repay you for your trouble in such an ungrateful manner. I'm sorry to do this to you, child, but I can't... Child, please, no! Sorry, Mr. Charles. There wasn't time to ask you to drop the gun. All right, Mr. Charles. Get your hands up and stay where you are. Nice going, Mr. Morton. Who are you? That took courage, Mr. Morton. Sorry we had to wait so long, but we had to make Mr. Charles here convict himself. Convict? What do you mean? We've been waiting here for you. Behind the drapes all the time. We heard every word. Mr. Charles, you're under arrest. Police? Yes, Mr. Charles. Only one person could have been so anxious over a copy of that novel. That's the person who killed Arthur Merle for the original. And we heard you confess to that. And that's all we need to convict you. We didn't have any proof until we set it up for you to make a second try to cover up for the first. Fortunately, the setup worked. Setup? Take a look at the rest of the manuscript, Mr. Childs. What? Oh, the front page is there, all right, but look at the rest. Why, the blank. They're just blank pages. You didn't have a copy at all. No, but we certainly got a murderer. Eh, Inspector? Childs! Childs! Stop, Childs! Stop! Well, that's one way to avoid standing trial. Well, Archie, I'm glad you and Kramer got trials. Some beer, please. That was a clever scheme, boss, making him think there was a copy. Yes. In a way, though, I wish it hadn't been just a scheme. Meaning? I wish there had been a copy of Arthur Merle's novel. Why? You never read detective stories? No, but I've drummed up so much curiosity over this one, I'd like to know exactly what that blackmail gimmick really was. Good night, Archie. Ah. have been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolf, starring Sidney Greenstreet. Mm-hmm.
now, another mystery on Mystery Radio XXX. of the shadow are on the air. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The shadow, mysterious character who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. As the shadow, Cranston is gifted with hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, one of the shadow's most thrilling adventures, Murder from the Grave. That's him there, walking towards the corner. Yeah. Pulling closer to the curb. Okay, okay. Wait, we're right beside him, see? Yeah, I know. All right. Let him have it. Yeah. They did a pretty complete job of it. Yeah, he must have stopped every slug they threw at him. He's still breathing, though, and I don't know why. Well, we better get him to the hospital at once. Here, give me a hand with him, will you? Okay. But it looks to me like a waste of time. Well, what's the story, Doc? DOA officer. Dead on arrival. Yeah, I figured that. Well, better make out any part. You want to send him to the city morgue or hold him here at the hospital? I'll check headquarters and find out. Yes. Gangster, isn't he? Might say so. Do you recognize him at all? Now, how can I answer that? The guy ain't got hardly no face left, has he? Uh, good evening, Dr. Henry. Oh, hello, Dr. Metzger. What brings you down here to the receiving room? Uh, just keeping in touch with the activities at the hospital. Well, what have you there? A gang shooting, Doctor. He seems to be well perforated. Yes. Especially the face. He's been just about shot away. Yes. So I see. He darted on the way to the hospital. So, uh, mind if I have a look at him? No, Doctor. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to use your phone, Doc. I'll be right back. All right, officer. Dr. Henry. Yes? Did I understand you to say that you have pronounced this man dead? Why, why yes, Doctor. I'm afraid you were mistaken. What? This man is still alive. Well, Dr. Metzger, I couldn't feel any pulse. Yes, no heart you, he is alive. Ring for the elevator. But, but Doctor, I tell you hey, This man is to be brought to my laboratory. Hurry, Doctor. There's no time to lose. Dr. Henry speaking. Hello, this is Dr. Metzger. Oh, yes, Doctor. That patient, man who was brought to my laboratory, is alive and can be saved. Why, why that's unbelievable, Doctor. Nevertheless, it is true. What, what about his face? His face has been shot away. I intend to give him a new face. Now, listen to me, Dr. Henry. I want a general order given to all in the hospital that I am not to be disturbed for the next six weeks. Why, yes, sir. All of my meals and any surgical instruments or supplies that I might need to be left outside of my door for that period, you understand? Uh, yes, Dr. Metzger, I... If these orders are carried out, I can tell you now, Henry, that in six weeks' time, 
bring forth a man who is whole again. Doggone it, Jack. I just can't help it. Old man, curiosity is getting the better of me. And you've got to find out what goes on in Metka's laboratory. Is that it? Yes. <laughs> He's been in there almost six weeks now, Jack. Imagine almost six weeks without telling anyone how his experiment is progressing. Say, does anyone even know if the patient is still alive? Yes, we do know that much. Metzger sent word to that effect to Doc Hawkins yesterday. Look, Sherlock, how do you plan to get into the laboratory? Well, when Metzger opens the door for this tray of food, uh -huh. I'll just walk in with him, that's all. Good luck. Yes, I'll need it. Uh, knock on the door for me, will you? Sure. Who is there? Your food tray, Dr. Metzger. Oh, thank you. Uh, where do you want me to put... Uh, one moment. You believe the tray with me, Dr. Henry? Well, I was just going you to... You put... were just going to try to gain entrance to my laboratory. <laughs> I'm aware of your intense curiosity, Henry. A curiosity that is shared by everyone else in this hospital. Ah, well, you can tell them all for me that my experiment is nearing completion. Very well, Doctor. If they wish, if they wish, they may come here to my laboratory tomorrow at noon. And I shall reveal to them my finished product. I don't know what we're waiting for. Uh, Dr. Dr. Metzger asked us all to be here at noon today. It's now quarter after. I, for one, see no reason for waiting around any longer. You're right, Henry. Well, what do we do? Well, we'll let him know we're here. Dr. Metzger. Dr. Metzger. Why doesn't he answer? Well, there's only one way to find that out. That's by trying to get in. The door isn't locked. I'll go look for him. Uh, Dr. Metzger. Dr. Metzger? He must be in there. He's not out here. Come here, all of you. What, oh, what is it? Look, look, there on the floor. Oh, oh. It's Metzger. He's dead. Yes. And it looks like murder. His face has been slashed. Look, here on the floor. A broken mirror. Where's the patient? The man he was working on. There was no one else in this room when I came in. Oh, then he's gone. Yes. But not before he murdered Dr. Metzger. Uh... Since that time, Lamont, the police have learned nothing. Well, that's understandable, Dr. Hawkins. They really have nothing to work on. You have no idea what this Mr. X looks like, have you, Dr. Hawkins? No, we haven't, Margot. Dr. Metzger did a plastic job on his face, changed it completely. That's all we know. Well, it's been 24 hours since the killing. The man has had ample time to get away and cover up his tracks. Yes. I don't see how Lamont can do any more than the police have done, Doctor. Uh, I didn't ask Lamont to come here for that purpose, Margot. Oh, no? No, I... Well, I discovered something in Dr. Metzger's laboratory that I haven't even told the police about. Well, why not? Because it's something too fantastic for them to believe. Well, what is it, Doctor? Metzger's personal notebook, in which he recorded the progress of his experiment. I have it right here. Well, what does this notebook contain? Well, the first entry was written the night the patient arrived in the hospital. Dr. Metzger wrote in the notebook at that time... Tonight, I have at last been given the opportunity... That I have been so patiently waiting for. The perfect subject for my experiment is at this very moment lying on a table before me. I have given him the first injection of the solution. The reaction was most successful. Now, the real work begins. What does all that mean, Dr. Hawkins? You learn later, Lamont. Just as I learned as I read further into the notes. The next entry of any importance came a week later. At that time, the doctor wrote, Everything is progressing satisfactorily. Today, the patient has sufficient strength for me to begin the plastic work. 
I have found that best results can be obtained by giving injections of the solution every 24 hours. This is most important. Any period of time beyond this is dangerous. Well, what is the solution that he keeps talking about? I'm coming to that, Margot. I'll skip over the entries that follow. They deal mainly with a growing conflict between the patient and Metzger. A note of regret creeps into his writing. He senses that he's almost sorry for the work that he's done. Eventually, this conflict claims to open hatred. And in the last entry, written the night before he died, Dr. Metzger wrote, May heaven have mercy on me for ever conceiving this work that I have done. The patient has now reverted to the vicious being that he has always been. Instead of having gratitude for what I have done, he shows only resentment. Tomorrow morning, I shall remove the bandages that cover his face. He has threatened me that if he is not pleased with my work, dire consequences will result. This, then, is the fruit of my labor. This is the price I pay for my great discovery. My discovery of a solution that literally brought a dead man back to life again. A solution. So that's it. That was the secret solution. Yes. But that's unbelievable, Dr. Hawkins. A solution that brings the dead back to life? Metzger was a great scientist. Nothing was impossible to him. Well, where is the solution now? I couldn't find it. I've searched everywhere in the laboratory. Then it's evident that the patient, knowing about it, took it with him. I'm afraid so. Well, I'd say you had good cause for alarm, Doctor. This killer who is now at large is a man returned from the dead. A man without a soul. Yes, it's true. But uh, tell me, Lamont, have you gotten any clues from what you've just learned? Only one. The broken mirror that was found near the doctor's body. Obviously, this mirror must have been shattered by the missing man. Why do you say that? He must have broken it in rage when he first saw his new face. Metzger must have made him sufficiently horrible to bring on this rage. So we have only one clue to work on. A man with an incredibly ugly face. Dr. Hawkins! Dr. Hawkins! What is it? What is it? Come in. Dr. Hawkins, something terrible has happened. There are two in the morgue. The hospital morgue just a few minutes ago. Yes, what happened? A man with a gun came in. Forced me to take one of the bodies. A dead body out to a car. What? I had to obey. Why didn't you call out for help? I I was about to until I saw his face. His face, Dr. Hawkins. It was the most frightening thing I've ever seen. It wasn't human. Doctor, I'd say our killer has made his first move. And I fear that it won't be his last. While we're waiting for the curtain to rise in Act Two of Murder from the Grave... I want to ask you something. When the summer months come, what are you going to do for a supply of hot water? Would you be able to have all the hot water you want, when you want it? And will it be available at a cost within your budget? This is an important problem in many homes. That's why today, the Blue Coal Dealers of America are offering the latest in low-cost hot water heating equipment. They've given you the Blue Coal Automatic Heat Regulator. They've given you the John Barclay Home Heating Service. And now, in 1941, the same Blue Coal Dealers bring you the equipment that provides all the low-cost hot water you want. Yes, the new Blue Coal Deluxe Water Heater that works automatically gives you more clean hot water than you can use. Think of it. Now, at last, you can have an abundant supply of clean hot water heated at just the right temperature and whenever you want it, all summer long. Phone your neighborhood dealer tomorrow and ask him about this new Blue Coal Deluxe Water Heater. Remember, it will pay for itself 
in savings over the usual cost of summer hot water. And remember, too, when it comes to keeping your home warm and comfortable, there's no other fuel like blue coal. Give your dealer a call in the morning. His name is listed in the Where to Buy It section of your classified telephone directory under the words Blue Coal. All right. Put the slip in the car. Yes, sir. We're getting to be regular customers, ain't we? Why do you do this? Why do you want these bodies? You'll find out. Everybody will find out very soon. This ain't our last visit to you, Mr. Markeeper. Uh, you'll be seeing us again. No, no, you'll get me into trouble. Shut up. You? All right, Eddie, step on the gas. Let's get out of here. Entry, entry, another gangster's body kidnapped from the morgue uh, That particular pendant will cost you $2,000. Oh, I see. There we are. Well, here. This is a sticker. Uh, what do you want with that? This can't get away with this. No. Just watch us. Grab them rings, Eddie. All right. We'll take that for your bracelets. Okay. Ah, that's all we need here. Wait a minute, boys. If while we blow, we ought to let the folks have a look at us for purposes of identification. Take off your mask, boys. Oh, no. They're not you. Oh, horrible. We ain't very pretty, are we? Well, nobody is. Once they've been dead. Look. Only three guards for a payroll over a hundred grand. Come on, Eddie. Squeeze him into the curb. Right. Good work. Come on, boys. What do you guys think you're trying to do? You'll find out soon enough, Buster. You men stand where you are. We've got a Tommy gun here. Go ahead and use it, brother. Go ahead. All right. You ask for it. Don't you know better than to shoot at a mob that's already been dead? <laughs> Let them have it, boys. Margot, the entire city has been terrorized by this mob of, well, ghouls. That's all you can call them. Among you honestly believe that this gang consists of the dead men who were kidnapped from the different morgues? Yes, Margot. There's no doubt of it. They've been sustained by Dr. Metzger's life-giving solution. Oh, how horrible. So far, no one has been able to learn just where this gang is hiding out. Well, what can be done, Lamont? Well, one of the mob was captured by the police this afternoon. They've got him in a city jail. Did he reveal anything? No, he refused to talk. That is, to the police. But I have an idea that I might be able to get something from him. I think I know what you mean, Lamont. I think you do. I'm paying a little visit to his cell. As the shadow. Why don't they come for me? Then all the cops have got me. Why don't they come? <laughs> what was that? So, your friends have deserted you, eh? Who's talking to me? I must be getting stir-crazy. I don't see nobody. You're not stir-crazy. I've merely made myself invisible to you. You? Made yourself invisible? Oh. I get it. The shadow's paying me a bit. That's quite correct. What are you doing here? I've come to talk to you, to learn something about you and your companions. Save your talk. I ain't saying nothing. I know the horrible secrets that you and your gang possess. The power that you have to bring life to the bodies of those already dead. How'd you learn? <laughs> Where'd you ever dream up an idea like that? I followed the activities of your leader from the day he killed Dr. Metzger and stole the life-giving solution. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. You're being foolish enough to remain loyal to your mob after they've deserted you. That ain't true. Then why haven't they tried to get you out of this jail? Certainly they must know that you'll soon need another injection of the serum. What? What are you talking about? I learned from Dr. Metzger's own journal that the life-giving solution must be injected every 24 hours. To go beyond this period without it means a return to the dead. No. No, you're just trying to scare me. How long has it been since you received your last treatment? Yesterday. Just about this time. Then its effect should be wearing off right now. We must act quickly. Tell me where the hideout is. And after dealing with your friends, I promise to bring back enough of the serum to keep you alive. Uh, are you sure you ain't handing me no line? I swear it. Now, tell me the secret hiding place and just how many men there are. Okay. Okay. About the men... The boss has only two henchmen left now. Phil and Marty. It's been getting harder to make snatches from the morgue. Besides, the boss don't want to waste the serum on us dead ones anyway. Only two days ago, he let one of the boys go back to the grave without a shot from the hypo. Believe me, Shadow, his face wasn't pretty to see. Quickly now. Where's the hideout? Hideout. Well, it, hey, what's happening to me? I got a funny feeling in my head. Quickly, man, quickly. My buzzing. Tell me where the hideout is. It, it, I, How much better for them to have left you untouched after death had claimed you the first time? certain of one thing. What's that, Lamont? That our Mr. X, having built up his mob from the remains of notorious gangsters, is now finding it difficult to get bodies of gangsters who, before they died, knew their trade. Correct. Also, he's obviously running low on Dr. Metzger's solution. He's letting his lesser helpers die without giving them ejections. Correct again. Well, then, here's my plan. I'm going to ask Commissioner Weston to plant a story in all the newspapers that our notorious out-of-town gang leader, Dutch Carson has just been killed by the police. Who's Dutch Carson, Lamont? A Middle Western mobster who dropped out of sight about a year ago. Well, why are you doing all this? To attract the attention of Mr. X. Then I shall arrange with the commissioner to be taken to the city morgue and be placed on a slab as the body of the dead Dutch Carson. And unless I'm badly mistaken, Margot, within 24 hours, the three missing ghouls will be back in their graves, and this time for good. to stretch out on the slab, Mr. Cranston? All right, Tom. <laughs> you know, you're the first live stiff I ever had in here. <laughs> well, I hope I remain that way. Yeah. Uh, Will you cover me over with the sheet, please? Uh, sure, sure. Hey, what's going to happen when these fellas find out you ain't a dead one, much less the missing Dutch Carson? <laughs> well, not Tom. Uh, it's something I'd rather worry about when it happens, if you don't mind. Well, I'm here to tell you I wouldn't touch your That's job. Quiet. Huh? I hear footsteps outside the door. Yeah, yeah, somebody's there. Yeah. Who are you? Take a look at me, Pop. That ought to answer your question. You, you come again. Yeah, I told you I'd be paying you another visit. Well, what do you want? I want the body of Dutch Carson. I got a little job he's going to do for me. Phil. Huh? 
except a shot of the solution. Hey, it ain't time yet, boss. We don't need none for another hour. It ain't for us, stupid. It's for a new guy I just snatched out of the morgue. I got him in the next room. Yeah, but we're running low on the stuff. Mix it up, I said. We can use this guy. He's valuable. Huh? Who is he? That's Carson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know him, but I heard of him. He's, uh... Well, I don't know him either. But he was supposed to be one of the smarter boys in the Middle West. Until he disappeared about a year ago. What happened to him? I don't know, but what's important now is that we've got his body in the next room. Hey, what's that? What's going on out there? Come on, get inside, you. Why'd you bring that dame in here, Marty? Well, I caught her snooping around outside trying to look in a window. <laughs> Maybe she was trying to cop a quick look at a couple of dead men, eh, boss? Interesting. What's the idea, girly? Well, it was just a... Oh, your face. Find something wrong with it? You're the one. You're the one that killed Dr. Metzger. Also interesting. Where'd you get your weapon? Let me out of here. Not a chance to sit down like a lady like this. You can't push me around like that. Oh, well, I'm giving you a pretty good imitation, ain't I? Now, what were you doing outside? Who sent you here? Oh, you're so clever. Why don't you find out? Who sent you here? Answer me. No! Stop it, Jerry. Lamont! Lamont! Don't do you no goodness, sister. Lamont! Where is he? What have you done with him? I asked you a question. Wait a minute. Done with who? Who are you talking about? You brought him here. What have you done with him? Hey, she must mean the stiff inside. Now, what is this? Who'd you bring here, boss? The body of Dutch Carson. Why? Dutch Carson? Yeah, I snatched him from the morgue. You heard of him, Marty? Heard of him? Are you kidding? A year ago, I buried Dutch Carson a load of concrete at the bottom of a river. I see. Hey, then who did you bring here, boss? I don't know. Hold on to this day. Yeah. I'm soon going to find out. He's gone. The body's gone. It's a trap. The cops are behind us. One thing is sure. The guy is still in the house. Marty, go out and look around the grounds. Okay, boy. And now, if you don't mind... But I do mind. Just staying right here. No, keep away from me. Give me that knife, Phil. No, no. Sadly, boss, here you are. What are you going to do? I'm going to carve that pretty face of yours to rip it. No, don't. No, don't. Keep away. Get ready, sister. <laughs> Who left? Not quite so fast, Mr. Rick. Hey, hey, what's happening? What? You're not touching that girl. Hey, who done that? Who knocked that knife out of my hand? I did, Mr. X. Oh, speak, and where's that voice coming from? It's coming from the shadow. The shadow, eh? Well, now, shadow, this is one time you've stubbed your toe. Because even you can't do anything to dead men. You're wrong, Mr. X, because I know that you need an injection of Dr. Metzger's solution every 24 hours in order to continue living. Yeah, and we aim to continue getting it. I wouldn't be too sure of that. What do you mean by that, boss? I mean that I now possess the solution. You see? Look... Look, the bottle hanging there in midair. He's got the solution. Give me that bottle, Shadow. Oh, no. This is my hold on you, gentlemen. And I shall keep it until your allotted time expires. I shall watch you return to the dead again. Get it away from him, boss. Quick. I'll get it all right. We may not be able to see you, Shadow. But we can see the bottle. Boss, put that gun away. That ain't the way to do it. Oh, <laughs> now you've done it. You hit the wrong target, Mr. X. Oh, you broke it, boss. You broke the bottle. It spilled all over the floor. I didn't mean to hit the bottle. I wanted to plug him. You'd better give up, Mr. X. Oh, no, we ain't giving up. We still got another hour to live, Shadow. And a lot can be done in that time. We're going to rip this town wide open just for luck. Wait. You're staying here. Yeah, try and stop us. Marco, they've got an hour to spread the greatest terror this city has ever seen. I've got to stop them. Got much time, boss. Looking back, Marty's gone already. Yeah, I know, Phil. Will we look as bad as that when we return to the dead? We'll never know. Besides, right now, we got a little fun ahead of us. 
Now when we get to town, shoot and keep shooting at anybody who gets in our way. They're going to remember us when we get done filming. Okay, boss. Hey, hey, watch your driver. This is a narrow bridge. You know, something's pulling the wheel. I, what? I can't straighten it out. I... <laughs> You'll never straighten it out, Mr. Ray. Shut how did he get here? I've been with you since you left your hideout, gentlemen. Hey, let go of the wheel. Shut up. So that you can carry on your campaign of ruthless killing. Oh, no. Hey, he's trying to steer us into the river. Where is he? Yeah, he must be on the running board. Hey, let go of Shadow. Don't be a fool, Shadow. If we drown, you'll drown, too. That's not as important as the lives of the innocent people you're planning to kill. Hey, Bill. Bill, I can't hold the wheel much longer. Stop the car. Stop the car. Too late. Too late. might have been drowned, along with your ghostly friend. I certainly might have been, Margot. But fortunately, I threw myself into the car before it went over the bridge. You know, Lamont, I've become very attached to you. Oh, don't think for a minute that all our mad exploits together hadn't been fun. But I wish that for a while, at least, we could have a calm, peaceful existence. And we shall have, Margot. We shall have. Mm-hmm. Well, nonetheless, I'm sure you'll forgive me if I hang on to my hat when we start out again next week. <laughs> Today's program is based on a story copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. Characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Join us again next time on Mystery Radio X. X.